Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is June 25th, it's 2019, and we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Bringing him off the flagship show, um, he's let me join him a bunch over the last couple months. I'm letting him come on and uh, talk a different perspective. Dean, how are you doing, my friend? It's synergy, man. I, I've not been here for years, it feels like. Uh, definitely not talking baseball in a while, and we were talking pre-show about how, like, yeah, my process is the night before. Spoiler alert, do the people know this is uh, recorded like the night before? Yeah, kind of everybody cool. knows it's recorded the night before. All right, I didn't want to give out secrets on my first uh, time back in a while. I'd get kicked off immediately. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I you know, I give my one over. I kind of like make some notes here and there. But, you know, I like to have uh, all the umpire data and, like, the weather data. And, of course, we don't have that just yet. So we, I guess we talk about it as far as things are basically neutral. But, uh, yeah, I've been digging into sleep the last hour and a half or two hours as I'm watching – Ugh, things did not go well for your boy, the Almanac. But Big T, shout out to Big T, who was on the flagship show yesterday. Uh, apparently, he is crushing as of right now. Hopefully, he closes strong. Uh, if the people don't know, uh, at 5 o'clock on the East Coast, we have uh, you know the video content uh, on Rotor Grinders, amongst other things. There's usually more than one show, depending on the slate. But And I can get a bit yappy, and I'm on a 15-gamer, Stevie, so buckle in. This might take a while. No, I got you. Um, we're not on Dean's time. We're on Stevie's time. So we, we, we got this. Um, but yeah, the flagship show, 5 o'clock Eastern on Monday through Friday, um, is sponsored by Fantasy Draft as well. So if you guys haven't already, make sure you go check out our sponsor, fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto Grinders links. That way you get three months of Roto Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft plus. You'll get all the cool promos that we run with them once you make your first deposit over there. Like I said, we're on Stevie's time, so we're jumping right in. Toronto at New York. Clayton Richard versus a bullpen type of game for the Yankees. Um, any interest here in Clayton Richard? Uh, no. Uh, we saw a team total for the Yankees last night around seven or so, which is like a monster number when there's like not a, ma- a major weather game or in course or something like that. But this is going to be the Yankees going forward, and – that was a team total. I think it, I think it went, to, went down to like 6.7 or something like that. Whatever it is, the Yankees are getting healthy. That was without Judge. That was without uh, several of their regulars. Uh, the lineup's going to be massive once again. Clayton Richard, really good against lefties, lefties as far as suppressing lefty power. But, uh, you know, right out the gate, it's hard to get excited right out the gate. But, you know, Aaron Judge, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, E5, the parrot's going to go for a ride. The lineup's going to be loaded. And, you know, I don't see how the Yankees aren't the most popular stack outside of the fact we live in the world of a salary cap, but this is going to be the biggest total, right? Um, I don't think so. Uh, the Philly oh. total is massive. It's 10 and a half. So I think the Philly total will end up the highest, um, but I think this one would be right up there. It's more of just because both the pitchers are bad in the Philly game. And, um, you know, when you look at this game, Chad Green's going to throw probably two innings. He's been throwing, you know, 30 to 35 pitches, pitching two innings. They haven't announced who's going to start behind him, so we can't really talk about that. So let's jump into the bats. Um, it is going to be a bullpen game for the Yankees. Do you have any interest in any of these Toronto bats, knowing that they're going to see a lot of one of the best bullpens in baseball? Yeah, I'm not, enth- I'm not enthused. And also the guy that got beat up uh, on Monday night, they got rid of the, the, Yan- the Yankees. I can't remember the guy's name, but they kicked him off the team and 
Uh, like you said, it's one of the best bullpens of baseball. I know Toronto's locked in for nine. Uh, I mean, I will say Vladdy Guerrero is super, super cheap around the industry. I know he's let three, two on DK. Uh, I, I'm going to guess that you, on fans draft, he's like six and change. So for sure, I have no issue with that. Green, you know, is just going to like basically see him one time. Then it'll be a bullpen game. Um, so yeah, I'm okay with Vladdy. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's a 15 game or it's a full slate. It's hard to get excited about much here. I would guess is a, uh, what's his name? Still fairly cheap. Is Grichik still really cheap here for Toronto? Um, he was 37 yesterday. He's 34 today. So yeah, he's pretty cheap as well. Um, I'm with you. I, I think like Vlad's probably the only guy from Toronto, uh, that I end up on. I never hate playing Biggio just because he does have home run upside like Vlad. He also is a guy that can steal some bases. So I don't mind Biggio, um, you know, especially left-handed power in, in Yankee stadium, but um, you know, you talked about it already. The Yankees bats are in a great spot here. Clayton Richard, 431 Woba to righties, 293 ISO, hard hit rate approaching 44%. He is more of a ground ball guy, but this is a spot you can load up on the Yankees um, because this guy just doesn't strike anybody out. He walks a lot of people. I mean, a lot of runners on base. And realistically, like everybody is in play here. The only guy that I don't have a lot of interest in is Didi just because it's a lefty-lefty matchup, mm -hmm. and Clayton Richards been good enough against lefties that I'll probably leave Didi off. But even if you want to play Didi, like he's going to get the bullpen early here, and the Toronto bullpen stinks. So um, you can load up on all the Yankees here. Yeah, the only lefty that homers off of Clayton Richard is uh, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, that ball, I think, is still going, but I just don't want to pick on him. And like you said, uh, if you're stacking it up and then you chase uh, Richard out early, I suppose you can throw in uh, Gregorius, but that's obviously just for tournaments. So still in a, a quick search. I think Cortez is the guy that's probably going to come in and relieve Green for what it's worth. He hasn't pitched since the 20th, so that means he's basically on track. And, you know, three innings last time out, five before that, three before that. He is crazy, crazy cheap if you want to, you know, just kind of hope for 15 points or so. And maybe he grabs the W if he comes in in the third inning or so because he sticks around to the sixth, or the sixth and change. Uh, you know, obviously this is just for extreme tournaments if you want to completely load up on bats, but I think Cortez could be okay against the bad Toronto team if you're MMEing out there. All right, Dean, we're moving on. Mets and Phillies, 10.5 total here. Walker Lockett against Jake Arrieta. Arrieta is a 150 favorite here. Uh, any interest in Walker Lockett? No, I, I don't believe he's a real person. I've still yet to see a proof of life that sounds like a creative player. He's not good. Uh, you know, Philly came to life last night. That game blew up as far as some runs. And like you said, Vegas is projecting even more. Like collectively, like it's 10 and a half as of right now. We said that Yankee side. I mean, it's, it might be a 10 and a half total, but it's going to be divvied up. The, you know, the pie is going to be cut differently. This is probably a coin toss. Is that what we're looking at as far as Lockett versus Arietta? Maybe Philadelphia has slight favorite? 150 favorite for Arietta. Yeah. Uh, no interest in other pitcher. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, there's no way I'm rostering either of these guys. Yeah, you know, when we look at Lockett, he's a guy that struggled with strikeouts in, in AAA this season. Um, you know, he's a guy that started the season in high A ball. Was with the Padres organization last year. Um, you know, he's just not really shown any type of ability to strike people out outside of, you know, low A ball in 2015. So this is going to be a good spot to look at the Phillies bats. We'll talk about that in just a second. Jake Arrieta on the other side of this game, 382 Woba, 229 ISO to lefties. He's really struggled with lefties this season. McNeil, Cano, Conforto gives us at least three lefties in this lineup. Righties concern me. The stack concerns me outside of looking at like the top four. 
but I think this is a good spot you could look at Cano, Conforto, Alonzo, and McNeil if that's where you want to uh, build, build, start your build here. I, I think it's more of like how I'm going to end um, on second end stacks with like three of these guys, but you know, I, I, I certainly don't mind the Mets here. Yeah, you know, I'm sure like lineup builders are going to point to Cano because he's super, super cheap and he's, it's a positive ballpark in Arietta. You know, it's just a name brand these days. This is name brand versus name brand. These guys have not good, been good for years. Cano is trash, right? I mean, can we say he's washed because he's just looks he's you know he's constantly being injured. Uh, I, I the price is I suppose tempting in the matchup, like you said, it's pretty good, but I just don't feel good about it. But grudgingly, I might click on him just because he makes everything work and he doesn't cost me anything. You mentioned McNeil; he's a good hitter, but he's not a power hitter. He generally needs more than one event. Uh, unless he's coming up with like the bases loaded, he puts the ball in the gap or something like that. I do look him forward to his power. And uh, you talked about Alonzo, a guy who I'll say I just haven't rostered him enough this year. This guy's got ridiculous power, and I understand he does have the splits in his favor, but you know, locked in for nine innings. And if things go fairly well, he's probably going to grab five ABs in the road. Uh, don't mind him for tournaments, but uh, otherwise, it's hard to get enthused. I mean, what, what's your take on Cano? Because I just, you know, begrudgingly, I would click that button just because he's so cheap, but. He's terrible. He's not having a great season as far as power, but you know his his contact skills are still elite. Like he doesn't strike out, he doesn't walk. Uh, he puts the ball in play a ton. I usually play Cano more in a cash game format. I don't typically play him in tournaments just because of the limited upside. Like I've played Alonzo and Conforto so much this season and left Cano off of stacks and played those guys as two mans. Um, but Cano's a guy that like you can never argue playing Cano, just like you can never argue playing Kipnis when he was this cheap uh, at second base, just because it's not a position that gives you a ton of upside in general unless you're going all the way to the top. So like going down to a guy that's like 3,200 in a good ballpark um, against a pitcher that really struggles with strikeouts against a guy that has elite contact skills, like you can make an argument for playing Cano in cash at 3,200. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's I'm not seeking him out, but it just I may land on him just because that's how it works out with the salary cap and the the you mentioned price. McNeil's is asking price is egregious. I just can't do it for a guy that doesn't have the power. Uh, again, pretty solid hitter, good professional hitter, but you know, uh, not somebody that's likely to bang one out necessarily. Uh, part of a stack, sure, I suppose. Uh, otherwise, I got nothing else for you as far as the Mets. Well, let's move on to the Phillies side. You know, this is a spot we, we talked about Lockett, just not a guy that's not going to get a lot of strikeouts. This Mets bullpen had to be used quite a bit on, you know, Monday. I think this is a spot we go right back to the Phillies, guys. Um, they were really underpriced uh, on Monday. I talked about it yesterday. Uh, they, were one, they were one of my favorite stacks, played a lot of them. But I, I think that they're still underpriced. Like, you can get everybody from Philadelphia outside of Kingery for under 4600 um and Kingery's been crushing the ball too but Jay Bruce 4400 gives you a ton of upside we know even though it hasn't really happened a ton this season Harper gives you a lot of upside um Hoskins a massive upside guy like you're getting a ton of upside from a stack that has a massive team total here um and they're kind of underpriced yeah I mean you know the the argument against it is that you know 15 game slate we already talked about the Yankees we'll talk about a couple other spots that really kind of pop for me and for me, it's uh, there's good plays. I don't know if they're elite plays, but uh, and that bullpen for for the Mets have been has been pretty good for what it's worth. You know, if you fire up the Sierra, they're the third best team uh, in Sierra as far as active pitchers. Uh, they don't yield a ton of home runs as far as you know the active numbers for, for bullpen arms. Obviously, you know they're generally protected by that ballpark there in City Field, and 
jump on the Philly, it's a negative ballpark shift, so more likely to give up a homer. And also, if uh, you know Lockett does what we think he's going to do and go out there and get beat up a bit, you're not going to roll out your best arms. So, uh, for sure, Philadelphia is really, really a strong play. I just, yeah, Harper, Hoskins, Bruce. I, I'm still not buying this Jay Bruce thing. This is still Jay Bruce. You know, uh, he is who we thought he was, and I understand like he's been good since the trade overall. But I, I just refuse to believe this guy's all of a sudden changed. Uh, you know, there's still plenty of pop in that bat, but he's going to strike out plenty as well. And Kingery, what an up and down career for a, you know a short career where he looked like a great player, then a disaster, then a bust, and now all of a sudden he's breaking back out and he looks he's looking really solid. Um, I like Philly. They're probably uh, they're probably on the family feud board, but like number five, number six as far as my favorite teams. How about yourself? Um, ah, man, they're a stack that I'll, I'll have exposure to. Um. I'm gonna be playing a, a, around a lot more with like 20 entry max this this week um, instead of my normal like three to five teams. I'm gonna build like a a main team that I'll put in cash games and some like single entry tournaments, and then I'm gonna be messing around with some 20 entry max, just messing around with some stacks and stuff. Um, it's what I like to do when I get to this point of the season. So I'll have some Philly stacks just because they're not a hard team to stack price wise. You can still get good pitching, and I, I like Philly. Um, I, and like the thing about Bruce, we know he has the power. We know he's a massive fly ball hitter. His average air distance this season against righties is three twenty four point seven. Like this is such a you know good ballpark, like such a good fit for him. And like he's not going to stop hitting home runs in this ballpark. Yeah, he's going to strike out. Don't get me wrong, but this is a great ballpark for his skill set. Yeah, uh, for sure, he's in the tournament play for me. Um, moving on, Padres, Baltimore Orioles, Logan Allen against um, the bullpen game for Baltimore. Yes, uh, we don't know who technically is going to be the long relief man. I been I read it before the podcast that it's potentially going to be Josh Rogers. Um, yeah, that's not going to end well. Um, any interest here in Logan Allen, young lefty, um, wasn't terrible in, in his first start. Um, and by wasn't terrible, he pitched really well against the Brewers. Yeah. So San Diego has got one of the best farm systems in all of baseball and coming into the season, Logan Allen was like the number seven guy in their system. So he's a legit prospect. He's a legit arm. Uh, obviously jump from the NL to the AL is not necessarily a positive jump. Uh, it's a negative ballpark shift and now he's got to take on a DH, but spoiler alert, whoever's DHing for the Orioles is going to stink. Uh, that team is absolutely dreadful. It is terrible. I wish he was a tick cheaper, but Logan Allen, I think, has got to be in your tournament pool if you fire up the minor league numbers for, you know, for this season. And then understand it's in the PCL that that's the the, the Pacific Coast League that is that leans heavy as far as hits, as far as you know, uh, offense. Sixty three strikeouts and in fifty seven innings, twenty two walks, uh, eight homers. You know, a uh, little bit up and down, I suppose, but the, the talent is there. And Baltimore is just a dreadful team. Like Trey Mancini is back, but still. Uh, there's plenty of K's in that lineup, too. If Broxton cracks it, if Chris Davis cracks it, especially lefty and lefty, that'd be beautiful. Uh, don't necessarily know if he's going to be there or up. But the, this Baltimore team uh, is a disaster, and Logan Allen's a legit arm. So as an SB2 for tournaments, uh, I think he's in the conversation. Yeah, I was um, I was really impressed by his first start. Um, that's a tough team. Like, anytime you're looking at – you know, the Milwaukee Brewers doesn't matter if you're righty or lefty. That's just a tough team to face. So honestly, I, I think that was um, a really good outing. Um, Going to be interesting to kind of see what his ownership is, but he's a guy that 
even in the PCL, like he, he pitched so well, um, you know, he, he allowed some home runs, but like he was getting strikeouts. It's not un, unusual to see a whip around 1.4 in the PCL just because of the league. So the fact that he was able to have a swinging strike rate over 10%, um, the strikeout rate around 24 and a half percent, he has some upside here. There's a lot of strikeouts in this Baltimore lineup. They're a little bit um, better against left-handed pitching. You know, they got Nunez, Severino, Mancini, and Alberto. We'll talk about that in a second when we get to the bats. Um, no interest whoever pitches here for Baltimore, right? Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, if it's Josh Rogers or Kashner, whoever it is, it, it, there's just no interest, right? No, uh, and it's going to be a bullpen game. And, you know, Jakobonis is a projected starter, uh, and Rogers is probably going to be the long man. And he's given up a ton of homers. The entire bullpen's given up a ton of homers. Uh, if you so Dan Straley is no longer in this data. Dan Straley, uh, you know, has just got absolutely annihilated. Pummeled. They kicked him out of the bullpen in Baltimore. Which, by the way, that's that's the end. That's the red flag. If you get kicked out of Baltimore's bullpen, you you got to hang it up. Good career. Well done, Straley. You made yourself some money, but uh, you know, uh, hang him up. Uh, they have given up 1.98 homers per nine as a bullpen collectively without Dan Straley. This is their active roster. Uh, the second worst team, the Tigers, 1.7. The third worst team, 1.54. San Diego has all those boppers. They're locked in for nine. It's a full bullpen game. Uh, worst bullpen when it comes to Sierra as well, too. And then this is probably why I wasn't as enthused as I probably should have been about about, uh, about Philly. I love the fathers tonight. San Diego's going to smash. So here's the thing, like the difference, the, the huge difference to me in, in San Diego and Philly is San Diego's priced up. Tatis is 57, Machado's 55, Renfro's 54, Hosmer's 45, Reyes, probably my favorite play from this team at 4,200. They're just, the guys that you want to stack from San Diego are priced up. Um, and, and like, that's the biggest like concern for me. They're, they're likely going to be a little bit harder to stack just because of the pricing. Um, and that's why I kind of like Philly, but I'm with you. Like, this is a great spot for San Diego. Ballpark bump get a massive matchup bump like yeah I, I like all these guys um reyes being my favorite if i was gonna pay up for one of them it'd probably be renfro um but tatis is just a an all-around player he's 15 for his last 41 he's hitting 366 uh he's averaging 12 fantasy points he's stealing bases he's hitting doubles and triples like there's nothing not to like about this guy he's averaging 12 fantasy points over the last 10 games and he doesn't have a home run in that span so he has the upside even without hitting home runs. So, um, yeah, the price on the Padres is what scares me, Dean. Yeah, you know, uh, we do live in the world of a salary cap, and they are pretty expensive. And, you know, we'll talk about Max Scherzer. We'll talk about Garrett Cole, and you can't have everything, obviously. And uh, I don't know how to make that work, but I'm going to make it work somehow. I will find a way. Uh, I probably won't love what my second pitcher or something like that. But uh, And as far as, you know, Framel Reyes actually has a pretty solid price. He's a uh, top 15 as far as exit velocity this season. Barrels over batted ball events percentage. He's uh, 14 in that. Of course, he strikes out a fair bit, so he's not striking it out. He's barreling the ball, and whoever it's you know it's a box of chocolates on the other side as far as Baltimore, as far as who's going to be pitching. But it, it's all coconut. It's coconut chocolates. Those are the duds. When you open it up, nobody wants the coconut. That's the landmine. That's all that Baltimore bullpen is. Looking at the other side of this game, the Baltimore side, I'm home run hunting here. Um, I'm not stacking Baltimore. I'm one-offing Mancini. I'm one-offing Severino. I'm one-offing Nunez. Uh, it's straight up I'm home run hunting with these three guys. Uh, Alberto is really good against lefties. I, I just don't know if he has the upside on a 15-game slate to get me there. So 
I like the one-offs um, of any of those three guys if I'm just looking for power upside here. Yeah, I don't think I'm playing anybody in Baltimore. <laughs> no, perfectly. I, I agree. Like, I, I get it. Like, Logan Allen is a, a great reason, but he's a guy that can give up home runs, so I don't mind home run hunting here. Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't play enough lineups. I just I don't think I'll get there. If, like, you know, uh, Mancini's the last guy that fits or so be it, you know, I guess I can play some boom, but I'm okay with that. But I'm not seeking anybody out, let's say that. So, like, for me, I think that, like, Mancini, Severino, Nunez are guys that I would set at, like, if I put him at any percentage, it'd be, like, 5 to, like, 25 to, I guess it'd be, like, 5 to, five to like, 20 and make sure that I don't have more than one Baltimore guy in a lineup and it would just be straight up having those guys as one-offs. Um, and, and just if it puts them in stacks, I'll let it put them in stacks, but that's really it. Fair enough. Uh, moving on, White Sox and Red Sox battle the Sox. Um, Carson Fulmer against David Price. This is a game we're going to have to watch the weather. It does not look good at the start, but looks like it's going to taper off. So Kevin Roth will be busy with this one. Crunch time. Um, any interest here in Carson Fulmer? Uh, no, bullpen game. He's uh, he's not stretched out. He pitched an inning in the 23rd. Uh, so we're going to get a, a Chicago bullpen game as far as I can tell. So what it looks like, um, he's a guy that you know usually typically works in relief and hasn't thrown more than 54 pitches in a game this season. So even if he does go out and throw two or three innings, it's not going to be more than that. Um, what are we doing here with David Price? You know, we, we like we like lefties against Chicago. They have upside. Didn't typically work out um, with Erod, but I still like stand behind that being a good play. David Price, after just absolutely dominating like three starts in a row, has not looked great in his last two. Um, what are we doing with Price? I think I'm mostly ignoring him. Uh, if I make a lineup and he's like, you know, if I if I build a stack first and I have a certain amount left and he's the guy that fits, so be it. Uh, White Sox against lefties this season as far as their active roster, WRC plus of 105, so slightly better than average as far as striking out, 22.4%. Again, we don't have the exact lineup, but that's – you know, currently the active roster, that's not a number necessarily pops. Uh, I don't think you're getting, getting this huge discount off of price necessarily. So he's kind of sort of priced in no man's land. Um, you know, it's not that much more for throwing a dart on a guy like Blake Snell for some upside. And I, I'm i not, you know, it's just a little bit too uneven, a little bit too up and down as far as price. And I'm not going to discourage it right now, uh, not seeking him out. If I land on it in a, in a tournament lineup, so be it. I'm okay with it. Uh, but I want to see that Chicago lineup as well, too. I, I'm not enthused. Indifference. Yeah, I have a little interest. And it's just more of like, we know he has the pitch profile, um, change-up cutter, fastball, sinker-type fastball, I guess is what, to dominate righties. Um, you know, that's why his strikeout rate is typically higher against righties than lefties. Um, he's death to lefties. But I think that, honestly, this is a spot that we look at price, uh, there's six guys in this lineup with strikeout rates over 20%, the projected lineup anyway. So we'll kind of have to, like you said, look at the lineup. Um, I, I feel like this is one of those ones that you might have a different opinion when you're doing, um, you know, the flagship show today. Just because of be, because we'll see the lineup and just be like, all right, maybe it's a little bit better spot than we had originally. But you got to watch the weather. Like if Price is going to have to wait like three hours to pitch this game, he's just a guy that's weird. And when it comes to that kind of stuff, like I would certainly be a little bit more worried about him doing that instead of like another pitcher. He always tends to something weird happen. 
Well, yeah, you're the Boston guy, so I'll, I'll yield to you on that as far as uh, David Price and his weird tendencies. Uh, the White Sox bats, you know, obviously you can always play a Brayu against a lefty, but on sure. a 15-game slate, I don't think I will end up using any of these guys. Yeah, Abreu, one of the league leaders uh, currently right now in barrels, and you know the monster lurking out there. You got to love the righty power. Uh, no, you know, no issue as far as tournaments, but you know, and you know, Mankata, I want versus a lefty traditionally the switch hitter better from the left side against righties. Uh, it's hard to get excited about anybody, you know, on the White Sox against Price, who's perfectly fine. Uh, I agree, Abreu is like the one guy that kind of jumps uh, off the page, just you know, for tournaments. I don't know if John Jay is going to play again, but John John Jay is back in our lives. He played baseball. Uh, on Monday night, so good for him. Uh, and they started him against the lefty. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that seems weird, but uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm guessing it didn't work out very well. Oh, for two. There you go. Yeah. Um. All right, Dean. You know, when we're looking at the Red Sox here, obviously this is a really good spot. Sure. You know, it's going to be a White Sox bullpen game, but they've been priced down for like a week. And you go over to DK today and. I don't I don't know. I haven't really like tried to figure it out, but I would guess they're the highest price stack on the slate. Yeah, if not them, San Diego, we already talked about, you know, or the Yankees. Uh yeah. And like so it, Martinez and Betts have been priced down and now like they're kind of priced where they should be, I suppose. Uh and again, it's a mixed bag as far as what we're gonna get in the White Sox side. I don't know who like a long man is or who's projected their long man as of right now, but wouldn't expect Fomer to go terribly deep collectively. Uh, as a bullpen, the White Sox, as far as their active roster, the, they have the fourth highest Sierra for what it's worth. Uh, 1.15 homers per nine. So that's not necessarily a huge number. Uh, I mean, look, it, it, they're absolutely in play for tournaments as far as bets and, and JD and throwing Ben and Tindy and all those characters. And uh, it's hard to say, not knowing who the projected long man is, but, uh, you know, they're definitely on the board. And if you're, if you're scripting, Boston's got to be a part of your script to some degree. Maybe um, they might be my odd man, my odd team out this this on this slate um, with the, the weather. What's that price? It, it's just a price thing. Like it, they're a great stack, um, but when you're considering price with potential weather, and this being like a full on bullpen game, that's what it sounds like. Like this is going to be a full on bullpen game. There's not going to be a long guy uh, from everything that I read before the podcast. But if we get news that there's going to be a long guy, obviously that could change things. But Right now, with the price of Boston, they're really tough to stack, and it's really tough to use them as one-offs at these prices just because they're so expensive. I'm not saying I'm going to rule them out, but right now, I think I'd rather stack the Padres knowing that I think the Red Sox will probably be more more popular here. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that, that, that's reasonable. I have no issue with that. I try to like when I'm doing 20 entry max, I try to find like three to five teams to run out five, five man stacks and then just build one offs on, like five X um, thing. But it's going to be tough to stack the Red Sox here. Texas had Detroit. I, I'm not as wild lineup builder savvy as, if I'd like, as I'd like to be honest. So uh, that's something I want to work on in the all star break. How about that? The all star break, I'm going to Disney and I'm staying at Disney with my phone left at home, is what my wife told me before the show today. <laughs> Um, Texas at Detroit, nine and a half total. Jesse Chavez, Jordan Zimmerman. Chavez is a one thirty-two favorite here. Um, any interest in Jesse Chavez? And I'm actually asking because when we're looking for bottom of the barrel pitchers, like he's fifty-three hundred. I know he stinks. Yeah, 
But on the flip side of that, if he can get you like 12 to 15 here against Detroit, like does that make him playable? Yeah, if you give me 12 to 15, I'm interested. I don't I don't know if he gets there. He's done I it a couple times recently. Like he, you know, he did it against Cleveland and he did it against Cincinnati. Like you know you're only gonna get about 60 pitches here. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather take Torres' 60 pitches if I can get 60 out of Torres and the Yankees, and he's got a he's got a pretty good shot at getting the W as well, too. And when we're talking about aiming for 12 points, four points matters. <laughs> sure does. No, no, no disagreeing there. Um again, that, and also he's cheaper as well. And I, I want to make sure I, I think I seriously think Torres is somebody I'll consider if I'm loading up on some bats. Like San Diego's pretty expensive. Uh if you want to roll out somebody like Boston. Uh, Chavez has been okay. You know, he's been fine. Detroit's not very good. And there is some K's in that lineup. As far as the projected lineup, we're looking at what 25.3% from a K perspective. And, uh, there is some power in there, I suppose, but you know, nothing that I'm necessarily afraid of. I just, I just don't, you know, like you said, he's not going to throw a lot of pitches. He's a veteran. He's old. He's like 35. There's like, just, he's got to thread that needle, which I guess he can and go five fairly clean but I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about any of these guys. It'd be more of like, I want to get some bats with Max Scherzer or something. You know, that that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Like we have some really good top end pitchers and we haven't really got there yet on any of them, but there's some really good high end guys on this slate. So, you know, I'm not ruling out having exposure to Chavez, but I, I'm with you. I think the Yankees guy is a little bit more interesting. Um, you don't definitely don't feel good about it. Uh, anyway, on the other side of this game, Jordan Zimmerman. Um, he's been I'd rather watch Chavez and Zimmerman if you force me to pick one of these two. <laughs> yeah, Zimmerman's been terrible against lefties. He's going to face uh, a lot of lefties here. You know, Joey Gallo um, back. Like, this is just a spot that is a really hard pass. Uh, Gallo is expected to be activated here for this game. He's been um, on a rehab assignment since the 19th, which is about five or six days. So um, this is the spot. The Gallo is going to be back, adding another good lefty in that lineup. Like, this is a very hard pass for me on Zimmerman. Yeah, I mean, is it just a coincidence that they time it right as far as Gallo coming back versus Jordan Zimmerman? It just doesn't miss any bats. Like, this is just the perfect spot for him. And, you know, it, it's a two-step deal as far as Gallo. Step one, hit the ball, which is not always that easy. But when he hits it, the ball goes far. Uh, he's about that barrel life, too. And, uh, you got to love him for tournaments. What, what is his price coming out of the gate as far as Gallo? Do we have it? It's forty nine hundred. Um, it what what's interesting here, Dean, is like, are they going to let him? Like, is he going to play the outfield or is he going to play third base? Like, because uh, as suspension starts on today, and it's like um, I think it's three games. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see like if he plays third base. And they don't call anybody else up, and like Willie Calhoun still plays the outfield, um, which is interesting to me because Calhoun's so cheap. But it'd be interesting to see what they do here with uh, Gallo. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just, I was thinking Forsyth can play third if necessary. Is he somebody who can play third base? He feels like a, like a utility guy, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe Danny Santana. I don't know who they're going to put at third base here. Um, you know, as far as mentioning barrels, by the way, yeah, Joey Gallo, had, or you know, the exit velocity, the average exit velocity in the season, Joey Gallo is a uh, Second highest all season long, right behind Aaron Judge. is a small sample size on Judge, but that's not you know a fraudulent. That is legit. Ninety six point three percent, twenty seven barrels, twelve point six percent as far as barrels for plate appearances, and again that's factored in all his strikeouts as well too. Uh, he's he's going to barrel the ball against Zerman. That's going to happen. Zerman's not going to miss his bat. 
Uh, it's just a matter of if it's a 300 foot out or, you know, it's a 500 foot homer. Uh, and then you also, you have Chu, you have Mazzara, uh, Odor is, you know, basically like a worse version of Gallo. He's just, he's been a disaster, but there's still plenty of pop in that bat. Um, I, I like the Texas side a good bit, you know, uh, for upside for tournaments against Zerman, you know, just not the pitcher he once was. He always kind of a finesse guy. Now he's not missing any bats at all. Uh, as far as swinging strike rate, the last, uh, well, this season, it's at 8.5%, not scaring anybody. As far as a K percent, 17%, small sample size, 13, 13 innings. But if even you stretch it back to last season, we're talking about 19, 19% as far as his K percent. Uh, yeah, uh, I like Texas here. Yeah, and he's struggled with whip and home runs to lefties this season. This is a team that's so full of lefties. And if you're kind of worried about like Joey Gallo, he's hit two home runs in his four rehab games. So that oblique must be okay. Um Obviously not the same caliber of pitching, but is Zimmerman better than some of those minor league guys? <laughs> uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I think Texas is a good leverage stack today. Um, I don't know how popular they'll be. You get them on the road, so you're getting nine. Um, I, I like Texas, too. They're, they're certainly another team. Like we're, we're talking about so many bats, but trust me, when we get into these later games, the bats are going to kind of fall off a little bit. So, yeah. Um, a lot, of, a lot of offenses in the early games and some bats falling off on the later games. Jesse Chavez, you know, we've kind of talked about maybe potentially playing him just because he's so cheap, or I kind of did. Um, not saying that I wouldn't play any bats against him. He's been kind of reverse splitsy, but who in Detroit, like, gives you the upside? Like, Dixon? Like, is that really, like, a thing? Like, is Dixon the upside guy here? Upside's a relative term, right? I, I just... <laughs> I don't and like he's only first base eligible now. You can't play him at second base for the outfield anymore. Like I Castellanos, you know, uh Kristen Stewart shows some pop on occasion. So, Dean, without looking, how many home runs do you think Castellanos has on the season? Seven. He has six. I I looked it up the other day and he hasn't hit one since. So he hasn't yeah. he doesn't have a home run in the last 10 games. So he's homering today now that I pointed it out. There you go. Um it's just a bad team. It's just a terrible team. Um, one of the reasons that I don't hate Chavez. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, he's he's basically neutral throughout his career as far as Chavez. You know, not a big split, so uh, there's no side you necessarily like have to pick on him with. Ugh. I I don't know what to do with that Detroit team. I don't feel good about it. I could I could take one for Blender. Um, he did the podcast with me on Friday, and he said like he 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 doesn't mind like puke stacks. Like Detroit's a puke stack today. Like if you want to stack Detroit, they're like extremely cheap. So if you want like a Scherzer and like another good pitcher or something, like they probably would be like that puke stack, right? Like stealing, the stealing puke, one from right? It's good and congratulations. Or did you congratulate him yesterday or today? I don't recall, but uh... I didn't. I should have. Um, congratulations to him. Did the podcast with Friday. First podcast he's done and he banked 30K. Uh, put out a video too. If you go to Roto Grinders, uh, main page there's a video and he breaks down like what he did so you kind of if you listen to the podcast friday you can kind of get his thoughts like you know pre-slate and then like where he ended up uh he breaks everything down so it's kind of cool Isn't the bar too high congratulations to him now but now i just feel inferior because i'm not gonna spoil alert I'm, I'm not winning 30k on, on tuesday that's not happening <laughs> i might double up <laughs> i'm not winning 30k Kansas City at Cleveland, moving right along here. Um, doing good on Stevie's time. Sparkman against Bieber, nine and a half total. Shane Bieber, massive favorite here, Dean. 240 favorite. We are going to get to him in just a second. Uh, any interest in Sparkman? 
we're going to get to Bieber immediately because no interest in Sparkman. Yep, um, not letting his last outing against Minnesota um, concern me at all. He's been a guy that's really struggled this year with strikeouts and got a ton of ground balls and easy flyouts in that game and um, pitched really well. But that's just not going to be enough for me here. Um, let's talk Bieber. You know, 3.1 xFIP on the season, low walk rate, really high K rate, really good swinging strike rate, facing a team that doesn't typically strike out a lot. We're starting to see like this old Kansas City, like, oh, they're just not going to strike out a lot type of thing. Uh, even the young guys. What are we doing here with Beaver uh, at 10 8? He's awkwardly priced. Uh, that, that's my concern. Um, you know, kind of like it's what we talk about as far as price, but to a greater extent, you know, Beaver's. Not much less than Garrett Cole, um, and I, I just prefer Garrett Cole over Bieber. Like that's as simple as that. I think I think Bieber's legit. You know, last two seasons, twenty seven point four percent as far as a K rate. And talk about Kansas City. It depends what you're going to get. If Duda cracks a lot of, you know, there's some power there, but he's more likely to strike out. You know, Dozier's uh, healthy again, so that you know, there's more K's as far as as far as Dozier uh, in the lineup. Uh, Solaire, plenty of pop, and he can strike out too. And if you're stretching it out, like when you look at the data as far as K's, do you want last year or do you want last year and this year? Uh, at what point do you just cut off last year? Do you, I generally yield to a bigger sample size. But, you know, if we're seeing the projected lineup here for Kansas City, we're talking about 20.4% strikeouts versus righties the last two seasons. But this season, it's down to, what, 19.1%, and there's more green in the, the old plate IQ. What's your take on that? I, I typically, at this point of the season, start looking at this year's stats, but you're not getting a huge sample size on Duda because of 58. Ortega has only had 11 at-bats or plate appearances, so like they're going to weigh down the overall strikeout um, numbers, but you know when you look at up and down in this lineup, you're still seeing 16, 17, 18% on a lot of these guys. So you know even Molinado, who's been terrible this season, um, shout out to him hitting a home run the other night. I, I'm going to keep saying that because that was a big home run for me, but um, I had two hundred dollars more for a quote unquote better catcher, and that really hurt me. But go ahead. <laughs> the one night, in um, you just not seeing a ton of strikeouts in this lineup. You know, Alex Gordon's not striking out a ton. Dozier's not striking out. We know Whip doesn't strike out a ton, but it's going to be like an ownership thing for me. I'm going to play all three of the guys at the top: Scherzer, Cole, and Bieber, um, because I think there's a a good fall off after that. Um, not saying Bassett's not a bad play. We'll talk about him when we get there, but. I, I'm going to play all three of these guys at the top, and it's just going to be more about who I prioritize more because of projected ownership. Because I think they're all they're all really really strong plays. Scherzer being the best in Miami against Miami, but you know Cole's facing Pittsburgh. Um, you know, obviously like Bieber should be the guy that's the lowest owned of the three, and he has just as much upside um, as these other guys. He's the guy that can put up 30 in a game. So. Um, he put up 38, and he's had a 50 game. Like, you know, he's he has that upside. So I, I like Bieber. Um, bats here, Kansas City, anybody? No, I don't think so. I did want to mention, I did a quick search as you were talking there, Ortega. You're saying it's a small sample size, and it, it indeed is as far as his K percentage so far in the majors. Um, you know, Zips and Steamer and, you know, the bat as far as projecting him going forward. The bat hasn't projected the strikeout 15.3% in the majors. So, he does project as a contact he uh, heavy hitter. Uh, a WRC plus, by the way, of 66, which is just terrible. Uh, so not a good hitter, but he will make contact uh, according to the projections there. Um, I played him on FanDuel on Monday. He was how did it work out? Um, don't know. I'm not making money over there, so it didn't work out that well. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I bet he was still minimum, though, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. min-salary guys, you never know. You know, and I bet Duda's probably mid-priced. Mid, mid At least he has been, like, 2K or so on Fandle. Uh, if he cracks the lineup, I suppose it's a way to get yourself a cheap homer. But uh, that's not the cleanest route. That's not that's the scenic route. Uh, Siri's not going to tell you to roster anybody on KC, so I'm probably not going to do it. In tournament, sure you can, but it's a full slate, and it's not for me. Uh, as far as Cleveland goes here, I don't mind Lindor, Santana Kipnis. Uh, really like Bobby Bradley on Fanduel, two, 2.2K. Um, home runner strikeout guy facing a guy with a very low strikeout rate of 14% this season against lefties. That gives up a lot of hard contact and a lot of fly balls. Like this is the spot that like you should play Bobby Bradley. You know, we talked about him yesterday. Um, certainly going back to the well on Fanduel. You can make an argument for not playing him on DK um, at 4,000 at first base, but you're, you're certainly playing him on Fandle um, at 2.2K. Yeah, uh, he's got, what, 24 homers this year in the minor leagues in, uh, what is it, like 250 at-bats or so or something like that. I was looking at that earlier, now he's kind of lost my page. But uh, like you said, uh, plenty of pop there on the cheap. Uh, don't mind him on Fandle. And I guess you can play him in, in DK or Fanstrap as well too, but you know the price is not as appealing, obviously. Yeah, it's it's not even the price. It's just playing him at first base. Like, if I'm wanting to use him a one off, how many times are you not going to have a first baseman in your your typical stacks? Is the biggest thing for me. Um, I don't mind a three man here for Cleveland, but I don't know if I could get to five. They're a team that I I don't know if I I would do a full on stack here. But Sparkman, really low strikeout rate, really high hard hit rate, really high fly ball rate. So. I could see potentially going Lindor or Santana, but you can't even do that because Santana's a first baseman too. So it's really hard to stack Cleveland. They're not an easy team to stack. What's your official Jose Ramirez take? Uh, his price is starting to go up, but he's hitting the ball a little bit better. Um, the power is just the biggest thing with him right now. Like he has one strikeout in his last 41 at bat. So he's making good contact. He's always a guy that can run, but it's just more of like the, where'd the power go? Like that—that's the biggest thing, right, Dean? Like, where'd the power go? Like, he's hitting the ball fine. He's averaging good fantasy points. It's just where's the power? You know, two triples, a double, and a home run over the last ten. But you know, just five home runs on the season, and his price is creeping up. Um, another guy that I would probably play more on Fanduel than DraftKings. He does walk a good bit, and he, he is willing to swipe a bag. You know, he's on pace to get about forty bags or so, or something like that. But like you said, last year, you know, the numbers were amazing, and. Uh, with 39-44 as far as homers and stolen bases, that's just as phenomenal. And, you know, we don't talk season-long here, obviously, but he was like a top two, top three, top four season-long guy. Massively disappointing, obviously. DFS, all we care about is tonight. Um, he's fine. Uh, like you said, the power is definitely taking a huge hit, and maybe it'll jump back. We shall see. But if nothing else, he's willing to take a walk, and he's willing to swipe a bag. So there's something there, but it's uh, I think he's a good play today. I, I do. Sparkman's such a guy that doesn't strike anybody out. He walks a lot of people. The fly ball and the home run rate for Sparkman's really high. Like I, I think Ramirez is certainly a good play today. I, I don't hate him. And the Kansas City bullpen's still not good. I'm not discouraging it at all. I'm perfectly fine with Ramirez. All right, moving on. Washington at Miami, seven total, lowest total on the slate. Scherzer, Richards. Uh, Scherzer's only a 215 favorite here, which I think is fair. Um, Max Scherzer against Miami, very right-handed heavy team, team that strikes out a lot. Um, what's not to like here about Scherzer? Yeah, everything. He's just, I mean, he wants, he cares about your DFS team. This guy breaks he wants his to nose. strike every guy that, that takes the bat. He does not want to come out of the game. 
he's just such a fun guy to have on your team. And immediately when I saw like he had the with the, the black eye and he had that stare like the last time out, and I'm like, man, I do not have enough shares of Max Scherzer. And he went out there and absolutely crushed with the you know broken eyes. He already has those wonky eyes, like one's like green and one's blue, and that one was black. It's a whole uh, sort of concoction as far as colors in his eyes, but. Uh, this Marlins team, completely dreadful. Uh, not just that, but they're loaded with righties. If you do the splits as far as Scherzer lefties versus righties, we're talking about 38.9% striking out righties this season. Uh, there are a fair bit of contact-heavy righties in this Marlins team. I guess that's the argument against, you know, uh, Riddle, the lefty, strikes out at 33% in a pretty small sample, but collectively the projected lineup at 20.8%. But these guys, they don't face Max Scherzer every day. Uh, Scherzer versus Cole I think will be an interesting conversation. Where are you on that, or just you're going to grab different shares of uh, them and just kind of see where it falls? Um, in cash, I'm going to try to play Scherzer. It's not easy today, I'll be honest. Um, it's tough. It's not. It's not like we have a ton of value. Um, kind of one of the reasons that like I don't think Cano's the worst cash game play today. If you punt catcher, I'm kind of hoping Mathis catches today. You get a catcher in a high total that's almost min salary, and then like it's easier to fit in Scherzer. But like. The problem is we're going to have another win game in Wrigley um, with a with a guy that I've never even heard of pitching for the Cubs today. Oh, he's so, legit. That guy's a real. He's a real player. No, I, I know he's legit. I just I, I looked him up before and like yeah, but <laughs> I, I just man for me it, it's just more of like being able to make him fit and I don't want to force it just because of how pitching's been and like I it'd be interesting to see if like anybody like gets off of him a little bit just because he's struggled in two through of his three start or both of his starts this season against Miami. Um, but it's hard not to like Scherzer here. Like Cole's in a great spot too, but it's, it's really hard not to like Scherzer here. I agree. Max is probably the, the cash game lead. If you can get there, if, if again, if you're pitching pennies, I don't mind Cole. We'll talk about him soon enough as far as cash as well. And I, I looked at trying to get him both in there, but it's basically impossible, but I, that, that is the dream. I want to try to find a way to make the, the double barrel action with the uh, Max, you know, versus the Marlins and Cole versus Pittsburgh, a little revenge game that we'll talk about soon enough. And uh, I, I would be willing to guess the games against the Marlins for Scherzer were Babbitt induced. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he struck out a fair bit of guys. Yeah, he had, well, he had 15 Ks and 11.1 innings, 11 and a third, uh, seven earned runs, and he gave up a homer. Who's going to give a homer to in this Marlins team? Like Granderson? Like maybe, maybe every plays. time I say that, like something weird happens, like Cooper hits a grand slam or something. But yeah, <laughs> you're thinking of Mikolas, I think. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that's exactly what I was thinking of. That was <laughs> it's so tilting, but and um, I have no idea. Uh, just Trevor Richards is a fine pitcher. It's it's a good ballpark and it's a full slate. Washington's going to score some runs, but I'm probably not going to have any of those guys. I actually don't hate Richards here. Um, I wish – I was trying to see. Like, I wish he was a little cheaper because I, I think Logan Allen has a little bit more upside and I don't hate Madison Bumgarner. But I think Trevor Richards is a guy going to fly under the radar here. I think he can put up, you know, 15 to 20 points if he has a good game. Um, he's a guy that I think I'll have in my player pool today. Yeah, like that mid-tier is pretty interesting. You, you, we'll talk about Mad Bum soon enough. We talked about Logan Allen, obviously a negative ballpark, but that Baltimore team is pretty terrible. And – you know, Flaherty uh, against Oakland, a team that's going to, you know, lose lose their DH. Um, it, it's a tricky mid-tier. Kyle Gibson, you can even enter in a conversation against Tampa, depending on how much you want to extend it. David Price as well. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, the SP2, man, it, it's going to decide so much, I think. Or maybe just loading up, just rostering two of these guys and just loading up with the bats is, a, is an option as well. But I'm not going to discourage you from rolling out Richards, but I just don't think I make enough lineups. Um, he should be fine from a run prevention perspective. He's not like this big K guy. Ks are basically league average. I'm okay with him. Probably not going to win. He's probably not going to get beat up. Puts up around 16, 17 points. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, like, honestly, the only bat that I think I'd play here is Soto. Maybe Adams if he's cheap somewhere. But uh, this is not my favorite game for bats. Yeah, I, I got nothing for you. Yep, we're moving on. Um, Braves and Cubs. Max Freed against Al- Adbert um, Alozle. Alazoy? I don't know. Um, either way, we're going to have 15 mile an hour winds blowing out the center for the second straight day. Um, did not work out too well for the Braves on Monday. Um, are you touching either one of these pitchers with wind blowing out? Yeah. So I did not, uh, I didn't know what the wind situation was going to be like, and I was hoping if the wind's blowing in, I don't want to pick on the Braves as is, but Alzale is a legit arm and he came in relief last time out as a long man. Uh, and he pitched, he pitched for, you know, strong innings. He's got some K potential. The minor league numbers look really solid, but who wants to pick on the Braves, especially not in the wind. And uh, Max Freed is a guy that's uh, is kind of going in the wrong direction. And, and like you said, if this is a win game, it's obviously a no-go. Yeah, guy has a really good curveball. Um, everything that I read on his scouting report stuff is good curveball. He's 6,800. Um, I know the wind's blowing out, but this is a game like – how many pitches I think is the biggest thing. Like if we don't get a pitch count and with the wind blowing out, like maybe that's the reason to stay off of him. But like, he's been starting in triple a, he should be pretty close to stretched out. I think he has the upside. Like he has a 16.3% swinging strike rate with a 36 and a half percent K rate in triple a and six starts this season. So he has the upside. The upside is certainly there. The wind is the biggest factor here. Um, you know, we're, we're going to pull up weather edge. We're going to pull up all this stuff, and everything's going to tell us to stay away from pitchers in this game. So, uh, so Freed, yeah. yeah, I can't I'm do sorry. it. I don't think I can do it. I apologize, but I pulled up the numbers as far as the minor leagues, and he's not thrown. This is a – Alzale has not thrown any more than 87 pitches in, in one game. That he's going be fine. Uh, 87, 85, 79, 79 is last four, and – you know, the game uh, is, is start and, you know, it wasn't a start. He, he was a long man. He threw 55 pitches. And typically, like, as a general rule, they kind of jump up like 15 pitches or so. So I would expect if things are going well, he throws around like 72, 73, 74 pitches, which I guess could be fine. But, again, at the if the wind is lurking, I'm scared. But uh, it's a legit arm. And for tournaments, I don't hate it for like a, a mass multi-entry. But go ahead. I apologize. No, you're fine. It's just I was pulling up Weather Edge and looking at it already, and and like we had kind of suspected, you know, it, it's just it's not a great spot for pitchers. But he's so cheap that if you're mass multi-entering here, I wouldn't be afraid to throw like five percent out there. But doesn't mean that I'm not going to be stacking up both of these teams. Um, I like the Cubs side a little bit more than I like the Brave side, and I'm a huge Max Fried fan. He's a guy that has massive ground ball stuff, but. Let's talk Braves first. What are we doing with the Braves? Who do you like? Who do you, who don't you like here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just all going to dictate based upon the weather. Um, you know, if the wind's blowing out, it's fair game. You can just stack it up. Um, but again, I, I really don't want to pick on an Alzale. I, I think he's a, a talented arm. Who knows how, you know, he's obviously not fully developed just yet. He's not a, a finished product. 
But, um, you know, Acuna, plenty of pop. Freeman, plenty of prop, pop. And, and I think the ownership will certainly re- reflect based upon what the weather is doing. And, you know, we can't really use uh, the Monday night slate, which was a seven-gamer. But, uh, you know, Atlanta and Chicago, was, you know, the, both, both, teams, both those teams are quite popular because of the weather. Uh, this will be a full 15-gamer. And, again, I don't know how people are going to react to, uh, to Alzale. But uh, they should respect him to some degree. But if the wind's blowing out, it's fair game across the board, all these hitters. So what's kind of interesting about him, though, is he started a lot this season. And, like, he does have the strikeout upside. It's just it's come on a lot recently. Um, like, his last four games in the minors, he, he really pounded the strikeouts there. So it, that's another thing that's a little interesting. I Freeman's probably my favorite. Riley's really expensive. I don't know if I could pay up for him. Acuna is always a guy you can pay up for. Um, Swanson's been great this season. You know, he's just been a guy that's you know given us upside at a position that does typically have pretty limited upside. So I always I always played Dansby Swanson. Uh, as far as the Cubs go, you know, Freed is a massive ground ball guy, so I would target more of the fly ball guys here. Baez, Bryant being my two favorites, but you know, you can look at Contreras as well. Not a spot that I think I would play Schwarber and Rizzo, even though they're not bad against lefties. He's just – he's really good against lefties. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, if you want to stack it up in tournaments and you think free gets chased early, if this game gets out of hand and the win, the win is a big deal, sure. Uh, but it's not optimal. I'm with you. Just doesn't give up a ton of home runs. And, like, that that's one of those things where, like, he's given up 11 on the season and it's been a lot more recently than nothing. But I just – Freed's a good pitcher. Um, I think I stick to the righties. Might be a game that like is underwhelming or just absolutely blows up. But either way, Pittsburgh at Houston. Trevor Williams against Garrett Cole, eight and a half total. Cole, biggest favorite on the slate at minus two eighty. Um, any interest here in Trevor Williams? No. Um, like Trevor Williams is like one of those classic, you know, blah, just nothing. Inter- you never, nobody ever wakes up in the morning and says, "I can't wait to roster Trevor Williams." But also, nobody ever wakes up in the morning and says, I can't wait to pick on Trevor Williams. He's just sort of there. You're run-of-the-mill, you know, average pitcher. Stat that nerds love him. Do they? Yeah, he's they're, they're, he's one of those stat nerds guys. They like him. Well, he was supposed they, to be better than this. They, take, they see him taking, like, an advanced step because, you know, I, I, I guess I haven't seen it. He's perfectly fine. Uh, I, I'm not rostering him versus Houston. Houston getting healthier, obviously. Um you know, also, you know, jumping in the uh, the uh, the AL, gonna gonna face uh, Yorgano. So right there, that's a homer. Um, I'm I'm not rostering Williams. No, I don't think he gets blown up. Like I'm probably not loading up on uh, on Houston, but I, I don't I don't see any reason to play him. Low strikeout team. They're getting Springer back. He's supposed to be activated um, today. Oh. So it's just a stay away spot for me. You know, I, I, adding Springer with. You know, Alvarez's power that they've added to this lineup. Like, Houston's legit. Watch out. Um, Garrett Cole, you know, 38% K rate on the season, 16% swinging strike rate. Pittsburgh, not a typical team that strikes out a lot. And, like, obviously, like, that's the, the biggest thing when you're looking at Cole compared to, like, Scherzer. And, like, even Bieber, Bieber facing a team that hasn't been striking out a lot. Um, Garrett Cole. What are we doing here with Cole? Um, he's just been lights out at home this season. Yeah, uh, monster K rate. Obviously, you know, if you, thirty-five point seven percent the last two years. 
if you want to take just this season's data, it's, it's up to, what, 38.2%. As far as the splits, he's over 40% strikeouts versus lefties. Uh, he's going to see a fair bit of lefties. I imagine Fraser and Dickerson and Colin Moran and Bell hit from the left side as well as Reynolds too. And like you said, uh, not big K rates here in this Pittsburgh team. Collectively, we're talking about this season, 18% to the projected lineup. Young Ho Gung having the highest number, him and Moran at you know, 24 and change. But these guys don't face Garrett Cole on the reg. And I don't think it, he ended well with Pittsburgh. If that, you know, if there's any sort of revenge, whatever I want to talk about. I think I think Houston might give him just a tick more as far as extra rope if he's cruising. You know, uh I prefer Scherzer. If I don't have the salary to get to Scherzer, I'm perfectly fine stepping down to Cole, who, yeah, it's not the greatest matchup from a strikeout perspective, but you know, outside of Bell. Is, is there anybody you're really afraid of? Marte, pretty solid hitter. Some of these guys, you know, in a small sample. Reynolds has been good. I'm not sure if he's this legit. Dickerson does have some power. But this Pittsburgh lineup doesn't really impress me outside of, like, the numbers say they're pretty good against righties. Yeah, and the other thing that you got to, you know, look at with this Pittsburgh team is outside of Bell and Moran, this is a team that struggles with high heat, um, you know, upper upper tier heat, like – this guy is a guy that averages 96.7. And when you start digging into how this team, you know, acts to that range, like Bell, he's going to hit everything. You know, you, you know, never worry too much about him. Moran has a really low whiff rate um, against fast fastballs. You know, even Dickerson has the power numbers, which makes a ton of sense, but he has a pretty high whiff rate. So this is just an all around spot that people might get a little scared because he's facing Pittsburgh with a low strikeout rate. But when you start digging into, Pittsburgh's whiff rates on these types of pitches, sliders, a lot of um, teams struggle with right-handed sliders, so that that's very normal. But dig into the fastball stuff, and there's upside here. So I, I like Cole a lot. Um, I have zero interest in the Pittsburgh bats. Uh, you know, you can always play Josh Bell. Never going to tell you not to play Josh Bell. He's He's having that type of season. But I don't think I will end up playing any Josh Bell here. Agreed. Like yeah, like you say, perfectly fine for tournaments. If you want to be ambitious, you want to have a leverage play. Uh, not going to discourage it. Cole will give up a homer on occasion, but uh, it's not something I'm getting to. Looking at the Houston side of things, um, you know, we talked a lot about Cano. If you're not playing Cano, Altuve is 3900, and he's been a guy that I've been playing a lot in cash games just because he's been so cheap. Like he was like 3,400 um, one day, I think it was over the weekend or Friday or something. And it was just like, he was an instant play. I don't care what he put up, but I like Altuve um, at his price, but Alvarez's power um, Brantley's, you know, always a very consistent guy. Bregman and, and Springer give you upside. Like Houston's a very stackable team here. Um, probably not my favorite stack Dean, just because we have so many good games in the early, but Almost a five and a half run implied total here puts them right up with some of those teams that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, last time out, Trevor Williams got his face punched in as probably his worst start of the season, but otherwise he's generally like, okay. Uh, I agree with Altuve. I like that price, but you know, it, it's not just a stick. It's the wheels as far as Altuve. And he, he went down with a hamstring injury. He has yet to swipe a bag. Uh, I'd like to know he's attempting it. I don't know if he is or he isn't, or if he's been caught stealing if he's tried to run and like, you know, the hitter kind of swung through a strike three or something like that with two outs. I'd like to know if, uh, if he's gone, uh, because that's important. Obviously you'd expect he's fully healthy, but I just don't want him hesitant. I, I want him like to be uh, aggressive on the base pass because that's a big part of his DFS game. But like you said, it's kind of baked into his price. He doesn't necessarily need those stolen bases at three, eight, three, nine. 
uh, on DK and Bregman's too cheap too. Again, I don't necessarily need the pick on Williams, but you know, Bregman is just such a talent. We have those Crawford boxes lurking out there in left field. Uh, don't mind him. I don't think I get to a full stack as far as Houston, but uh, if nothing else, some really solid one-offs. Seattle at Milwaukee, Marco Gonzalez against Zach Davies, 10 total here. Davies, a 170 favorite. Uh, any interest in Marco Gonzalez? No. No. Uh, jump into the National League, but it's a bad ballpark. And Marco Gonzalez is like, you know, he's one of those guys that has no upside. You kind of need him to go like six or seven innings and kind of eke his way with four or five strikeouts. And uh, yeah, I, I I don't think I get there. I, it's and Zach Davies and you know, our sides a no as well, despite the fact Seattle's terrible and they're losing a DH. Zach Davies just doesn't strike dudes out. And yeah, I, I I have a hard time getting enthused about anything in this game, which is sort of a weird take. So, yeah, Marco Gonzalez, he's been terrible this year. He's looked a little bit like himself the last couple times out, um, getting ground balls and limiting home runs. But like you said, not a lot of upside. Zach Davies, I have slight interest at 6,500 just because of the price. Seattle is a team that has built-in strikeouts. They're losing the DH, like you mentioned, which certainly hurts them. Um, I'm guessing Vogelbach will play first, um, but it'd be interesting to kind of see what this lineup looks like. And Davies... Is a good real life pitcher. He's just not a good fantasy pitcher. Um, to be honest, like when we're looking at bats here, like Seattle, like this is a nice ballpark upgrade for them. But Vogelbach's really the only guy that I I typically end up playing from this team right now. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've they've sold off some parts here and there as the seasons progress. With Encarnacion and Bruce and Hanniger's, Hanniger's still out with his nut, right? Like, oh man, yeah. hit him. Ouch. Brutal. Yeah, shout it out. Me, to- it makes me hurt, like just oh. thinking about it. Sorry for the listeners if uh yeah, but he's don't Google any pictures if they're available out there. But um yeah, definitely wish them a speedy recovery. But the Seattle lineup is terrible and now they're gonna lose their, you know, lose their DH as well. And that's interesting. I suppose does Vogelbach generally DH or does he play first? I don't know. Uh kind of rotates. He's been playing a lot more first base, but he kind of rotates. He'll he'll DH every once in a while. Um, you know, Mac Williams, and there's some strikeouts there too. Like you said, like Davies. It's just a terrible strikeout pitcher. 15.2% this season is just dreadful. But, you know, Malix will offer you some strikeouts. Crawford as well. Santana too. Uh, Mac Williams, uh, he strikes out 26.9% this season. Uh, you know, and, of course, the pitcher as well. And Davies maybe gets to see a pitcher once, possibly twice. You know, probably grabs the W, and you kind of eke your way to 15 points, and that's good enough. I'll take At 65 it. 65 it is. I'll, give me 15 right now. Oh, I will lock it. I, <laughs> I will smash um, the lock. If you want to play the hot hand, JP Crawford's been hitting the ball really, really well. Um, he's cheaper. He's not super cheap, but he's cheaper. Uh, but outside of that, uh, that's kind of all I have interest in him and um, Vogelbach. And I like Crawford more on FanDuel. He's 2,900. Dean, what are we doing here with the Milwaukee Bats? Uh, Marco Gonzalez, a shell of himself from last year, pitching a little bit better recently. You know, obviously, you can never go wrong with Yelich, even in a lefty lefty. But are you really paying this price for Yelich in a lefty lefty matchup? Probably not, but you certainly can. Uh, you know, Gonzalez has not been hit hard as far as a from an ISO from a power perspective versus lefties this season. One, you know, one twenty six and one hundred and four uh, plate appearances. You know, so that's perfectly fine. He's not striking him out though. Eleven point five percent as far as the K's versus lefties. Seventeen and change versus righties. So, you know. And Yelich is a contact guy too, so he's probably going to hit the ball somewhere. Uh, 
again, we talk about living in the world of a salary cap. Yelich is a great player, but I, I'm probably just not going to have enough lineups to get there to justify it. But I understand why somebody would do it in a tournament. Yeah, I just I have a tough time here, even with this total being ten. Really getting behind the Brewers here. Like I like Ryan Braun. I don't hate him. Uh, you know, I never hate Yasmani Grandal. Perez, you know, Kane's always good against lefties, but his power numbers are way down, and he's been more of a ground ball hitter this season. Like, honestly, like, Grandal's probably my favorite, and I hate paying up a catcher, and he's 4,900. So, like, I probably don't end up on any of these guys today outside of maybe Ryan Brun. My issue with uh, Grandal is he's a switch hitting catcher, and he's better from the left-hand side as opposed to the right-hand side. So you're asking me to pay the full price for not a full bat. Like, he still could get it done on the other side, but he's, he's, I much prefer him versus a righty. So he's really improved against lefties from last year to this year. It's a small sample. Don't get me wrong, but his average exit velocity this season is 93 and his average air distance is like 320. Um, I'm guessing it hasn't changed too much since I looked it up on like Wednesday or Thursday. Fair enough. Uh, I was thinking maybe Aguiar could be cheap, uh, some power there versus the lefty. And, and I saw he was 3-5 on DK. I'm curious how much he is. Is he like a 2K special on Fandle? Is that possible? Let's he see. is 2,400. So, <laughs> sure, like you can play him at that. Perez is 2,300. Like, you know, you can make a cheaper cheaper version of the stack maybe on Fandle. But, like, honestly, I, I think Ryan Braun's probably the only guy I end up on here. Yeah. Um, I, you know, again, can Milwaukee go off? I suppose they can. Great ballpark. And, if they chase Marco Gonzalez out, I'm not afraid of that bullpen necessarily. So, uh, but again, full slate, 30 games, can't like everybody. It doesn't help. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Uh, I don't think Milwaukee makes the cut for me as a, you know, just a general thought. All right, moving on. Tampa at Minnesota, Blake Snell, Kyle Gibson, nine total. Um, pick them game. Blake Snell, pick them game. Um, I know he's been struggling recently, but what do you do here with Blake Snell? So it's baked in, right? Like if, if Blake Snell wasn't struggling, he would be five figures, right? If he wasn't struggling, he'd probably be like 11 and a half here. And he's 9K on DK. Yeah, he he got pummeled in his last start. Like there, there's no other words to explain. Like he just couldn't miss a bat in the Yankees game. Well, he, no, he only gave up two hits. It was four. He couldn't throw strikes. He had four walks. And he, he lasted a third of an inning, and they didn't, you know, he threw 39 pitches in a third of an inning. And, you know, Tampa is a, you know, forward thinking, you know, ball club, and there's no reason to, to run your prized arm into the ground, have him throw like 45, 50 pitches in the first inning of a meaningless game of a 162 game season and a season where you might make the playoffs. So I thought it was smart just to get him out of there. Obviously, if you roster in DFS that night, you, you close the laptop, but um, he just couldn't throw strikes. <laughs> that's back-to-back that, -back that, starts though you know eight walks in his last two starts yes that is a problem <laughs> maybe a little bit of a bump here because really only like nelson cruz i guess garver walks a little bit but there's not like a, a a ton of walk or high walk rates in this lineup no uh it, it, this is not uh the safe play and like you know we talked about cole we talked about scherzer but blake snell's got to be in the conversation as far as elite pitchers i know he's faltered his last couple times out but we know the upside, you know, he, he crushed Boston not that not too long ago where he put up a good line against Boston not too long ago. And Minnesota, you know, one of the best hitting teams in all of baseball this season is a team that, like, why would you want to pick on them? Uh, second best team as far as WRC plus against, you know, against righties this season. I don't know why I'm saying righties because Blake Snell's a lefty, so we can go ahead and pull up the lefties 
but I imagine that's really strong as well too. Um, let's see, the Twins are a 126 WRC plus against lefties. Why we want good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, you are getting a discount. This is like, you know, you got the ding on the TV at Best Buy. You're getting 30% off or 20% off. And, you know, maybe you cover it up with a towel. Nobody sees it. You're getting a discount. So it's somewhat tempting. And, you know, it's not my first lineup. It's not my fifth lineup. But if I'm making 20 like you are, I don't mind grabbing a share of Snell just in case you get the 95 percentile uh, outcome, which is in play. This is a spot where, like, I might end up with, like, two or three Snell teams and have, like, one or two Minnesota stacks. Like not on the same team by any means, but um, like getting exposure to both sides. Cause I could see Snell crushing value and I could see this team crushing him. So I see both sides. Um, any interest in Kyle Gibson on the other side? He's fine. You know, he's, he's like a better version of Trevor Williams, right? I don't know. He's, he's somebody I don't want to pick on. He's somebody I'm not enthused to roster necessarily. Um, you know, uh, up and down. <laughs> Is there anything sexy about Kyle Gibson? No. I think this is the cheapest price tag he's had in a long time, though. Like, he's been a guy that's, you know, been pushing 9 to 10K. Like, 8,500 for a guy that has a little bit of strikeout upside. It's not the worst play. It's just this range has a lot of good options. Yeah. Well, like, that, that, that's kind of the conversation. If you, Like, we kind of sort of threw out there before. And, you know, the projected lineup for Tampa, we're looking at 23.6% as far as a K percentage. Uh, Gibson this season striking out. It just sort of works out that way, right? Strikes out 23.7% of batters, and it's 23.6% as far as the projected lineup. So more or less league average from a K perspective. And uh, you want to bring the conversation into – we haven't talked about Mad Bum yet, but you got Price and you got Haney and you have uh, you know Logan Allen. Where Where is Kyle Gibson? Is he on the podium? He doesn't make the cut today for me. Yeah, he's fine, but probably doesn't make the cut for me. I'm with and you. like we're gonna have um you know decent weather here with the wind blowing out like i just i don't see myself using gibson i don't love tampa here the bats but i just don't i don't i i don't really like this game outside of like getting some exposure to snell and you know potentially looking at a minnesota stack as kind of a hedge stack but meadows is 4800 that's never a terrible price for him um Choi, Choi is, you know, 3,800 if you're looking for a cheaper first baseman. I don't hate potentially getting a, a little exposure to Tampa, but I don't know if I stacked them today, Dean. Yeah, I mean, I prefer ready power in Minnesota as opposed to lefty power. So um, you mentioned some of the lefties there. And, you know, Gibson, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Isn't he historically like neutral to reverse splitsy? Yeah, he's a little reverse splitsy. Um, he's a little bit better. I. Yeah. I don't know. He's kind of been a different pitcher this year, so it's really tough to say. Uh, he's been a little bit better against righties this year. Yeah, so I was looking at this season's numbers, but I was trying to think like bigger picture, and I don't know if it's an anomaly. I don't know if he's changed or developed and all that, but uh, you know, I know historically you used, used to think of him as a kind of reverse splits guy or like a neutral guy, if nothing else. And just as a general rule, I want the I want the righty power uh, in a Minnesota and uh, not necessarily the lefty power. That's sort of where I'm at. Um, and as far as picking on Snell – you meant okay, so you just think like, what if he doesn't have it? What if he's out, goes out there again, and just walks good the weather? Like, this team has a ton of power in, in it. Like, if he's just not feeling it, like, you can make a really good stack here with Crone, Cruz, Garver, Sano. I don't mind potentially putting the lefties in there if I'm going to stack it up. Just if I, if he's not having it, they don't have a ton of. I guess they have a little bit of lefty arms in the bullpen if they go to like a long reliever, but. 
for the most part, like you can make a good stack here with power. And if Stell's just, if he's still struggling, like, you know, if he's walking guys and like Cruz gets up with bases on guys on base, Garver, like, you know, this is a spot that I don't hate looking at these guys just in case. Like if I'm playing Snell, I'm definitely making a head stack. You may know this stat. Uh, it's not a big sample, but Nelly Cruz this year, the boomstick versus lefties. What do you think his hard hit rate is? I already know. I have it up in front of me, but yeah, it's really insane. high. Him and Garver, both of those guys are insane. 73.7% hard hit rate. And if you if you fire up the plate IQ as far as hard hits, projected lineups versus lefties, everybody's in the green. Everybody, including uh, Rosario and Kepler, the lefties. So it's a really bad spot for Snell. It's just betting on the talent and the price and you know the ownership. And I think he's interesting for tournaments, but by no means is this a clean route. Moving on, we got Oakland and St. Louis, eight and a half total. Bassett, Flaherty, Flaherty, a one forty-two favorite. Um, any interest here in Bassett? Yeah, the Hound is a—he's uh, been pretty decent this year, right? You know, this is a guy I remember years ago. We used to pick on when he was on like San Francisco or so, especially when he was outside of San Francisco. But he's been—he's been all right. He—he's he, been competent. Uh, he's one of my favorite pitchers on the slate. Okay, you, you sell me on him because I. I I don't know what to think of him because my, my first impression has always been, uh, you know, pick on this guy, but that's not been the strategy of late necessarily. Well, like you pick on him, you pick on him with left tape power. Like that's what you pick on him. But when you have a right-handed heavy team like St. Louis does and Carpenter is just really struggling at the plate this season, like this is the spot that Bassett goes out and dominates. He's very good against righties. He's good at generating soft contact. He doesn't give up a ton of power. He gets ground balls when he needs them. He still has some strikeout upside. Like if if Wong and Fowler and Carpenter don't beat him in this game, he should have like six, seven really good innings here. Ninety three hundred. I think people will stay away from him price wise. I love this leverage spot. He's a guy like we saw him earlier this year. I think it was against Detroit, another right handed heavy team. Like absolutely dominated game. So. I wouldn't be shocked if we see that type of domination here against the St. Louis team. Yeah, I just pulled up the old game log, 32.4 uh, points against Detroit earlier in the season. And, like, this St. Louis team has been, like, a bad this year, right? They've been disappointing. And I, I've stacked St. Louis twice this year, I believe, both times against Yamamoto, and that has not worked out. I lost American dollars on that. Oh, man, that second time. I had so many St. Louis stacks that night. Oh, that was so tilting. And Big T told me what a dope I was, and he pointed at a scoreboard. And yeah, um, it happens. You know, you're not always going to be right, but everything pointed to stack in St. Louis that day. Yamamoto got really lucky in his first start, but he pitched really well in the second start. But failure of a rostering against Yamamoto. Um, what what are your thoughts here on Flaherty? He's fine. Uh, pretty good as far as K's. Twenty six point seven percent this season. Uh, the, the splits are pretty dramatic as far as righties versus lefties, 31.8% as far as the right side, 20.8% as far as the left side. And we're not going to see a lot of lefties from Oakland. We might see Matt Olson, uh, who seems like the most positive bat as far as the Oakland side, maybe pro farther, uh, pro farther switch hitter, but they, they can only get, get so left-handed. And of course they lose their DH as well too. And that's why Flaherty is in the conversation, you know, as far as this mid tier, uh, he he's on the podium for me. I'm not sure if he's getting the gold medal, the silver, or the bronze, but he's definitely on the podium as far as the um, you know, the mid tier pitchers. What what say you? I like Flaherty a lot too. Like I like the pitchers in this game. I don't think I'll have any bats from this game. You, know, you can always make an argument for playing Chris Davis or Matt Olson or Chapman, but 
Flaherty's uh, another guy that's just really good against righties. You already mentioned that they're losing their DH, um, which certainly hurts any team, uh, the American League team. So, you know, probably Grossman, which takes out a lefty, um, unless they give like Lorino um, or Davis a day off and like there's another lefty in there. But for the most part, like we're likely going to see five to potentially seven righties in this lineup plus a pitcher spot. Like, it's hard not to like Flaherty here, especially at his price. I know he's had really bad struggles this season. He's given up a lot of home runs and earned runs and stuff, but we've seen him pitch really well against right-handed heavy teams coming off of a really good start against Miami. Both of these pitchers can go a hundred to 110 pitches if they're pitching well too. So that's another thing that you kind of got to like about him here. Um, but yeah, I like Flaherty at 7,900. He's going to give up a couple runs. I don't think he goes out and has a clean game here, but I do think he makes up for it with strikeouts and, you know, pitching a little bit deeper. But yeah, he's certainly, I'm, I'm, I'm really like considering playing Flaherty in cash. Yeah. Depending on how the build goes, uh, I don't mind Flaherty as an SP2 as of right now. You know, things may change, but, um, you know, how things may open up. But uh, as of right now, if I can get one of the big arms and Flaherty and like my hitters, I, I like where I'm at. Uh, any bats from this game or are we moving on? Uh, Olsen, uh, my favorite bat on Oakland if you want a one-off, and Carpenter, my favorite bat on St. Louis if you want a one-off. Otherwise, I got nothing for you. Yeah, Carpenter, you just keep we, – we keep rostering him. We know he has the upside, and this guy does struggle against lefties. Oh, I hate playing him right now. Dodgers at Arizona, Stripling against Robbie Ray. Um, be interesting to see how long they really let Stripling go here. Kind of been working out of the bullpen a bit, little bit recently. Threw 45 pitches out of the bullpen against San Francisco on the 20th, five days. Guessing 60 to 70 pitches here for Stripling, but I don't think that's going to be enough, and the roof's going to be open here. I'm going to probably pass on Stripling here. Yeah, I keep yelling at the flagship. Uh, the Diamondbacks uh, either A, hate their fans. Like I understand it's a dry heat and all that, but who wants to sit in 100? You have the button. Just push the button that closes the roof. I know it costs a few dollars. You got to fire up some AC, but man, if I go, I've been to this ballpark before, and thank God it was uh, a the roof was closed. It must have been one ten or one twenty that day. But seriously, what does the weather have to be to <laughs> to close this bad boy? Well, it's like, do you want to see home runs or do you want to see pitching? And... I want to be. Degrees. <laughs> hey, the roof will be closed Wednesday, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. But um, any interest here in Robbie Ray? Yeah, so the book says, like, and, and as far as stripling, I just don't think he, he throws enough pitches, by the way. I think you asked him, yeah, like he probably throws around 60-ish or something like that. Just not enough. He's not like a bottom barrel price. Um, the book says on Robbie Ray, like you're not supposed to roster him when everybody else is rostering when he's chalky, and you're supposed to roster him, you know, when nobody else is going to roster him. And, He's not going to be rostered today, correct? Nobody's going to play Robbie Ray at this price today. So I don't mind a pinch. I don't mind a pinch of Robbie Ray, a pinch in tournaments. Uh, we, we know it, it's you're, you're taking on, you're embracing the variance, um, but we know the upside. He can definitely, you know, strike out seven, strike out eight, strike out nine, or he can walk four or five and, you know, run up a pitch count and be super inefficient and, you know, be out of the game at like 100 pitches and, you know, four and a third. But you're taking that on. Um so the book says you're supposed to get at least a piece uh, in tournaments. What say you? I don't think I'll play Robbie Ray today, even on 20 teams. I just – I like Bieber. I like Bassett kind of surrounding Ray, and I understand the ownership. But I, I think you're gaining leverage on the field with Bassett or Bieber as well with their prices. So don't think I play Ray today. And I just hate playing pitchers against the Dodgers. 
Even the lefties are good against lefties. Like this whole lineup is just good. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to pick on the Dodgers. I know that's a, a bold proclamation, but uh, I, I'm right there with you. I, I respect that team as far as the Dodgers versus lefties this year. Uh, WRC plus, we're looking at 115, which of course corrects for ballpark. Uh, you know, 344 as far as the WOBA, uh, the ISO for the Dodgers. Let's see if I'm firing that up. Uh, 207. So. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not necessary, and and the K's aren't even that great. Twenty point seven percent. I'm not looking at actually their projected lineup. That's just sort of their active roster. But again, just an absolute pinch of Ray for MME or something like that. Otherwise, you know, there's no reason to do it. Um, let's talk bats. Anything here for the Dodgers standing out to you? You know, is Kike super cheap? Leaning off, maybe. I suppose he's interesting. You know, historically, Ray just gives up. He gives up hard hits to, you know, to, to right-handed sticks. Uh, if the roof is open, don't mind Enrique leading off. Uh, the Leprechaun Turner is perfectly fine. Obviously, the same deal we said about Yelich. You can always roster Bellinger. Uh, it's not the optimal play. He's super pricey, but I have no issue with it. I I just don't like rostering guys like, uh, you know, Garlic or uh, or Beatty or. Um, you know, David Freeze, the Dodgers are, you know, they're keen on double swapping a lot and especially uh, be on double swap alert with Ross Stripling, who probably doesn't get a second at bat this game. Maybe he does, depending on how things are going. But uh, generally speaking, when they face lefties, the starting lineup does not finish the game entirely. So uh, just be concerned about those, you know, the, the utility specialists. Uh, but I, I have Kiki. Uh, that's basically it. I don't mind Turner. I will say um, Frieza being on the IL could potentially help that a little bit. Um, yeah. Maybe. But I, I honestly, I don't hate uh, Chris Taylor here. I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Um, you know, you mentioned Turner. I honestly don't hate Kyle Garlic just because he's 2,200 in an outfield spot. If he gets a couple at-bats here, um, maybe he does something with those at-bats. He's shown a little bit of power upside. I don't hate him here at 2200. Um, this would be a perfect spot for them to give Jock a day off. If if Will Smith is catching, he's 2500. He's probably my favorite punt catcher on the slate. Um, you can make a really cheap Dodger stack here. You know, we talked about that puke stack. Um, shout out to Blender. Um, I, I don't hate how cheap the Dodgers are here, to be honest. Um, you know, you could stack this team up and still get Bellinger with your stack and and still have a ton of money. So. Don't hate the Dodgers. Maybe uh, one or two stacks for me on them today. Um, any interest in the Arizona bats here against Stripling slash Dodgers bullpen? Yeah, I mean, they're fine. The, the, nothing jumps off the page. You know, obviously, you can tell Mate has been smashing this year. Escobar's fine. Peralta's fine. But uh, Walker's got plenty of pop. You know, when he gets a hold of it, when he actually doesn't strike out. But there's nothing elite here, right? Like, they're just, it's a bunch of secondary plays. Uh, if you really, really care about ownership on a 15-game slate, and I generally don't care too much about it, um, you know they're going to be low-owned, but uh, I- I'm not making enough lineups to stress the Diamondbacks. Yeah, like, man, Stripling's pitched well, too, when he's started this season. I think he started like four or five times. He's might maybe started a little bit more than that, but it's been really good when he's started. Um, you can always make an argument for Marte and Peralta, but outside of that, like I think I'd play those guys more as one-offs. You know, you could throw Escobar in there, but that's kind of it for me. Uh, moving on, we got two games left. We got the Rockies and the Giants here. Chichi Gonzalez against Madison Bumgarner. Any interest in the uh, old Chichi Gonzalez here? 
No. Um, I, in theory, you're supposed to be interested in any pitcher pitching in San Francisco, especially against a terrible team like the Giants. But, you know, Chichi Gonzalez is like an emergency starter, basically. Uh, he's only up due to injuries, not being promoted because, um, you know, he's been good. He, you know, with 5 6, six e ERA, yeah, granted it's the PCL, but, um, you know, he's giving up too many homers. He's walking too many guys. K numbers, I guess, are decent. Um, uh, but he's, you know, he's a washed-up prospect. He's not like – you know, an up-and-comer, he's 27 years old. He had his cup of coffee a couple of years ago, I believe, with Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken. Rangers. Uh, the Rangers. There you go. Uh, I'm not enthused about Chichi Gonzalez. Uh, can you? It, and he's not like floor as far as the price, is he? He's terrible. It's as easy as that. He's okay. not good. He was with the Rangers in 2016. I think he had Tommy John. Um, you know, he's come back. His strikeout rate's been a little bit better in AAA this season. He, he's just not very good. He struggles with home runs. You know, he has a little bit of strikeout upside, but I'm not playing Chichi Gonzalez. There's a lot of cheap guys that I'll, I'll try and I'll, I'll take shots on today. Chichi Gonzalez will not be one of them, even at 6,600, um, even facing the Giants. The follow the other side is, can you rock the Giants against them? Yes, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, Bumgarner, you know, we know this team is a team that struggles more with lefties. Um, we know stories on the IL. What are we doing here after seeing what Drew Pomerantz did to this team yesterday? <laughs> Drew Pomerantz had, what, like 11 strikeouts or something? Man, Grant really liked him. I wonder how much Grant ended up playing him, but Grant really liked um, Pomerantz yesterday. He was probably one of the first guys talking about it, but by the time, you know, the slate rolled around, uh, I think Pomerantz was the most one of the most chalky guys in the slate, just kind of a nature of the slate kind of thing. Um uh, I think he had a high percentage, and I don't think anybody expected 11 Ks at him. But good for him. Um, as far as Mad Bum, of course, we know he's kind of a bigger name. But as far as the numbers these days, the K percentage doesn't pop 23%, which is okay. That's fine. But it, you know, it's basically league average. Uh, as far as the splits, he's getting more strikeouts versus lefties, 30%. We're not going to see a pile of lefties, unfortunately. So we're going to see a bunch of, left, of righties for the most part. Uh, and his K percent against them is 20.9%. But the Run prevention, Colorado without story. It's basically Arenado, Blackman, and a bunch of dudes that aren't very good. He feels safe, right? Like, he feels safe, but I think I prefer, uh, as of this podcast, Flaherty for a little bit cheaper than, than Mad Bum. What's, what, what's your take on this? I, I like him. It, it's just going to be all in ownership. Like, if he's going to be, like, super popular here at home after what Pomerantz did yesterday, I could get off of it. Um, he pitched really well in cores against this team already this year, but he dominated this team um, in San Francisco earlier this year. You know, seven innings. I think he allowed two runs. He had a seven strikeouts. Um, you know, he had a really good game. So I think it was like 28 fantasy points, 27 fantasy points. Um, it's going to be like Bumgarner is all about ownership for me. There's so many guys with upside in this range. If Bumgarner is going to be, 25 plus percent owned on a 15 game slate. I'm going to just take shots on Allen and, you know, Flaherty and, you know, maybe even David Price. Like, I'm going to take shots on these other guys that probably not as safe. Like, I, I think you can realistically, if you want to on today's slate, I don't necessarily recommend it because Scherzer and those guys are so good. But, you know, with pitching being the way that it is this year, Dean, couldn't you see going like a Bumgarner Flaherty cash team and just loading up on bats? Yeah, like my instinct is to get like one big stud when there when it's one big stud available in, in a good matchup. Like so, in theory, I'm going to do my best to try to get a Scherzer, um, but 
um, if the Yankees have a seven total, if this Atlanta Cub game is once again a, a win game, or we're looking at it like 11 as far as the total of that game, uh, I want to grab some San Diego. We talked about them. And the bats win the slates. If nothing else in tournaments, I think that's a great idea. But I don't know. I like to try to get that quote-unquote built-in floor from elite pitchers and, and cash games. I know it hasn't always worked out that way. But uh, th- that, that could definitely be a, a path that makes things work. I'm not going to discourage it. Um, let's talk bats here. Anything for the Rockies? Yeah, I mean, no one Arenado. He's a, people don't play him outside of cores, especially in San Fran, and Bumgarner is still a name. So he's going to go basically unknown for what it's worth. Uh, otherwise, I mean, as a one-off, I'm not going to play anybody else in Colorado against Bad Bum. And then, you know, on the other side, it's it's hard to get enthused about any of these dudes on San Fran. But, you know, in this ballpark, uh, if Panic is super, super cheap and he's leading off maybe, uh, Brandon Belt against Chichi Gonzalez. I <laughs> I know Blender made it work for Alex Dickerson. was out of baseball for a couple of years, just made his resurgence. But, uh I, I have a hard time getting excited about the San Fran side, and it sounds like you're more into it than I am. They're just really cheap. Like if you need some cheap pieces to fill out stacks, um, I don't hate looking at some of these guys. It, it's price. You know, you've said it multiple times. We live in a world of salary cap. Yaz is 4K. Dickerson's 38. Belt's 37. Vote's 37. Like even like if you want to go down to like Panic, who's 32. Buster Posey's terrible, but he's 32. Like Crawford's 31 if he's back in the lineup. Like there's just so many cheap pieces here that if you want to play some of these guys just to make other things work, like I'm not going to hate on it. Um, it'd be interesting to see who's playing if Crawford's out. Uh, that might be something that kind of look at um, because Crawford's just been like an everyday guy for so long that it'd be really interesting to see who they have out there. Um, all right, last game on the slate. We got Cincinnati at LA. Tyler Molly against Andrew Heaney, nine total. Heaney's a massive favorite here at 170. Um, any interest here in Tyler Molly? No. Um, yeah, th- that's a pass. Uh, we talked about that before about the Twins being the number one team as far as WRC plus against righties this year. Uh, number two team as far as the Twins being the number one team is uh, the Halos, the Angels, 122 as far as WRC plus against righties. And, um, Molly's jumping to the American League. He's going to face a DH. He's going to face Otani. He's going to homer off him. So, um, yeah, pass on Molly. He's improving. I think he's improving. I think he's going to be a decent pitcher at some point, but he's not a complete project, and he's super vulnerable to lefties. Pass, no chance. Too many lefties in this lineup. If Molly was facing the Angels from 2018 with all those righties, I would have a little interest, but too many lefties here. I'm going to pass. I do like Molly. He's a really good real-life pitcher. Showing, um, you know, some massive improvements. Andrew Heaney's a guy that I like in general, but I hate what we're seeing out of him right now. He's struggling with command, and with all the pitchers on this slate, I think I pass on Heaney, and it's just because his recent form kind of concerns me. Um, he looked really good in his first few starts. He's shown really good strikeout side, upside, but his last couple starts, Dean, the, the command is really, really concerning me. Yeah, he's not going deep. He's walking too many guys. Uh, Cincinnati's not very good against lefties for what it's worth. So, uh, and Haney has been like the epitome of 2019 with, you know, giving up homers and striking dudes out. Uh, so he's been like the player version uh, that would describe this season, I suppose. So I guess there's some upside. You're not getting a huge discount off him, but it's hard to see him going terribly deep with all, you know, with his control issues. 
I wanted to see Cincinnati collectively as a team against, you know, as far as walking, where are they at? Um, they don't strike out a lot. You know, they have Vado who strikes out a lot against lefties. Um, Suarez, his strikeout rates up against lefties this season, but he has a really high walk rate. Um, and if, if, if it's farmer, um, he strikes out a bunch, but a lot of guys in that 10 to 18 range. Um, so <sighs> high contact team, like, it's a spot that, like, for Cincinnati, I'm not probably going to play Heaney, but I'm probably not going to play any bats from Cincinnati either, even though I love this ballpark this year, a very underrated ballpark this year. Yeah, especially for lefties. Jumping off the page, man, it's alarming. Votto versus lefties this year in 81 plate appearances. Uh, the K's jumping up to 27.2%, uh, 293 as far as the weighted on base average, and his ISO is 029. Good Lord. What happened to this guy? I know it's a small sample, but that's that's pretty dreadful. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> Likeable guy too, but uh, you know you hate to see it. Uh, maybe he'll bounce back. Angels, what are we looking at here? Otani, Otani's homering uh, off of Male. Uh, Male gives up uh, throughout his career. It's uh, like off the dome, like two and a half homers per per nine to lefties and. We, you know, we know about those fences being lowered out there in right field. I don't even know if you, you could put the old fences up and uh, Otani will bang it over there. Uh, love him tonight. I don't know if we do like a home run game, but I'm already locking in Otani as my cheapie or middle of the road guy. Well, we do play a game here in a minute. Um, you should listen to the podcast more often. Jeez. Um, Lestello, Otani, Calhoun, Boar. Don't hate any of those guys as a one-off. You can always play Upton and Trout too. Um, I don't know if I end up stacking them. But I certainly will have exposure to some of these guys for sure. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Dean, give me a guy on DraftKings under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Ooh. Uh, wait, can I just say that you're talking about the time, and uh, it's my understanding that D-Train, uh, fabulous multitasking producer, Devin, he does the time stamps. Um, he stamps everything because he, he actually listens to the podcast. Can we give uh, D-Train a – I want him to time stamp the D-Train shout-out. So whatever this moment is right now, I want him to type that right now as a shout out. Uh, we'll have to see. Flaherty is the answer, by the way. Uh, Flaherty is my guy. All right. It just makes it this. under 8K, yeah, right? He, yeah, he's good. Uh, that's kind of who I was leaning towards, too. So let me see here. I will go with. I don't want any of these guys. Oof. There's not much left. No, there's not. Um,. Give me a Alize lay. Al, Al, Alize? I, don't know. I believe it's Alize. Um, yeah. yeah. If it was a little bit more, obviously you can consider Allen, you consider Richards or even Madbum, but yeah. The, the, the Dem's the rules. Apparently. You're enforcing Dem the them. rules. Got to stick to the rules. Over 8K to score under 15 DK points. Who's your pitcher that's going to bust today? Ooh, I like that question. Um, You know, it's probably Robbie Ray. Yeah. Maybe Blake Snell. <laughs> I'm going to take Kyle Gibson as my guy. I'll let you have Ray here. I'm going to take Gibson. I, I, man. Check out Weather Edge today, folks. Um, interesting information over there. Uh, Dean, give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run. Are you going to stay with Otani? Yeah, how much is Otani? Yeah, he's like 47, I think. There it is. He's banging out. That's happening. Uh, I'm going to say Framel Reyes hits a home run today. Um, I love Give me a guy under 4K to get two hits, Dean. Ooh. Uh, 
first guy that comes to mind is Brandon Belt. Right. Oh, oh, I was the Dominion of second baseman. I was the LT event. No, it's Belt. We're going to lock in Belt. Locking in Belt. Uh, I'm going to take Real Muto. I'm going to take a catcher. That's bold. I never take a catcher. <laughs> uh, four for his last 31, too. Really struggling at the plate. Um, he's gonna he, he started to hit the ball well against the Mets yesterday. He's going to hit a multi-hit game here today and break out of this slump and be 5K in the week's time. Dean, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Uh, the fathers, the Padres. San Diego it is. I'm going to say Philly again. Um, yesterday, I'm pretty sure, yeah, Grant took my Philly stack yesterday, so I couldn't say him yesterday. So I'm going to say Philly. Um, really like them today. Dean, I appreciate you joining me. Um, that's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday, probably the longest podcast we've had of the season. Even on Stevie time, <laughs> Dean is still Dean. And uh, if you want to check him out, He'll be on the flagship show later today. You'll get his final thoughts on the slate, 5 p.m. Eastern. Go to rotogrinders.com slash live. Uh, it's going to wrap it up here. Be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.